Welcome to Retail's Most Wanted, the podcast that examines the latest issues related to organized retail crime and how retailers and policymakers are fighting against today's organized crime syndicates. He's Dave Stutter, a founding partner at LVT, and I'm Marty Carpenter. Coming up on today's show, we're going to be joined, Dave, by Attorney General Chris Carr of Georgia. It's going to be great, I'm sure. But before we get to that, I want to show you a little video. I, you may have seen this. Certainly, you've seen something like this. Take a look at these guys in this store it's it's guys it's a lot of guys it's like you can't even count how many people are just running out of wow. the store just taking everything with them i know we talk about this being organized and i imagine that this was organized in like which sections they went to but even organized becomes chaos at some point yeah, there's some fog of war in this one there's a little bit of an organization but uh yeah you're right usually it's pretty organized this case you know i'm not so sure you might be organized when you go find the thing but at some point there's that human nature of there's alarms going off. They probably have some kind of internal clock in their head saying, I got to get out of here. Yep, there's the one guy who's like it. dragging the entire rack with them. take I, the rack with him. That doesn't look as organized when you're dragging the rack out <laughs> with you. Yeah, this is a little scary. Listen, uh, these things, even though we, we tend to find clips that may have a bit of humor to them, can you imagine being in that room with your family and your kids? I mean, this is, this is a frightening scenario. Yeah, scary <laughs> stuff. Our, uh, when we see guys going like this, uh, what I see is guys just running in and grabbing stuff and going out, and it's sort of just the force of surprise and momentum. Yeah. I don't see anybody armed there. Are they usually armed, or does that sort of hit and miss depending on the situation? It's hit and miss depending on the situation. A lot of times, um, it's just it, it's a bit of a show of force, right? There, this is obviously a, a group of individuals that, that plan this. There's a lot, I, I don't know, what do you think, 20, 30 people there? Yeah, participating. yeah. Um, yeah, it just varies by, by circumstance. I wonder sometimes when I see this, because there are different states in the United States where you could do that and get out and know that like everyone in the, in the store is likely to just sort of sit tight. Sure. But there are states in this country where there could very well be a lot of armed customers. You've got to think and about so it. And right? so I, I just have never seen that pop up. But I, I know that the, the council is, hey, let it happen and they're gonna get caught somewhere down the road and there, there are things to do there, not to be actively involved in preventing it as a customer in the store. But I imagine that's gotta be something that's kind of in the mix in some parts of the country. You would, you would, you would think so, but I think it is sage advice to kind of step back. Um, there's no reason to, to risk physical danger or harm force a product, right? Yeah. Um, it, it's probably in our human nature, right is right and wrong is wrong, but uh, I, I think the best advice, and a lot of the retailers talk about this, it's kind of a stand down. Yeah. Yep. Fight the right fight, and that's let those who can handle it and handle it yeah. in the right moment. Yep. All right, coming up next, Georgia Attorney General Chris Carr, who is the co-chair of the AGA ORC Working Group. We'll talk to him about his plan to combat ORC in the Peach State. That's up next. Retail's Most Wanted is brought to you in partnership with the Attorney General Alliance, where U.S. state attorneys general collaborate on emerging legal issues and the rule of law at home and across borders. Learn more at agalliance.com. Retail's Most Wanted is brought to you in partnership with LVT, securing physical environments through intelligent automation. Learn more at lvt.com. That's lvt.com. Georgia Attorney General Chris Carr has made it a priority to combat human trafficking, gang activity, opioid misuse, elder abuse, and consumer fraud. And he's a national leader in the fight against organized retail crime. General Carr, welcome to Retail's Most Wanted, and thank you for being with us. Thank you, gentlemen. Great to be with you. Uh, I want to start here. 
I, I know I, I understand you've told your staff don't talk about college football, but let's get this on the record. <laughs> I think Georgia got jobbed and should be in the Final Four for sure. And I think I'd go so far to say they would win it if they were in. I think you're right. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I, I agree with you 100%. And, and again, if it's supposed to be the four best teams in the country, you got to put Georgia in there. Absolutely. And just as a full full disclosure kind of disclaimer, the Attorney General is an undergrad and uh, law grad from the University of Georgia. Go dogs. So we'll start there. All right. The formalities out of the way. <clears throat> Attorney General Carr, you've highlighted the rising issue of organized retail crime, emphasizing its significant impact on Georgia's citizens and Georgia's economy. What does ORC look like in Georgia and what are the broader economic implications for your state? Yeah, well, and I think, you know, step even a little step back, organized retail crime has become more violent and more costly around the country. I mean, you, all you got to do is you got to watch the news. You see the smash and grabs that are particularly going on. You've seen it in the West Coast. You've seen it elsewhere. Uh, you're seeing employees. You're seeing customers uh, that are being uh, harmed. They're being hit. They're being beaten. You're seeing more usage of, of weapons uh, as it relates to retail theft. Uh, and then it just costs billions of dollars. And of course, Georgia's not immune from a lot of what's going on. We've seen a little bit of the violence, not like we've seen kind of on the West Coast, but we've certainly seen the economic impact. Uh, and Georgia's prided itself on being the top state in the nation in which to do business now for 10 years. And I think if you're looking at continuing to be a great place that companies want to locate, companies want to expand, they want to increase their customer base, you got to keep businesses and people safe. So, uh, you know, one of the things where there's a reason that, that companies come to Georgia, and that's the logistics hub. I mean, we are two days by rail, two hours by plane, uh, two days by rail and truck, two hours by plane to over 80% of the U.S. market. That makes Georgia a great logistics hub. Lots of distribution centers. Cargo theft has now become a big issue. And so what I've always said is don't stop investing in that logistics network. Don't stop in that last mile investment. But let's stop criminal activity. So it's a $3 billion a year problem uh, in the state of Georgia. And it's really, a, again, I think the next thing that we've got to be able to do to protect businesses that are doing it the right way and the citizens of our state. General, I, I got to say congratulations uh, to George on being a great place to do business. We have the luxury as a solutions provider of servicing about 90% of the big box retailers coast to coast. But we've seen recently uh, stores that have decided to close uh, due to violence and retail theft. Are there national trends in ORC specific in Georgia uh, that you've experienced? And how does the state's response align or differ from national approaches as it relates to how, how, do, we, how do we focus in on this ORC problem? Yeah, Dave, I think when you look at where some, and it, it's, it's tragic to see where these stores are closing, but you're seeing a lot of closures in places that, quite frankly, law enforcement or the prosecutors in particular aren't doing their job. They're not prosecuting. And who do you see the communities that are most often impacted by the closure of a Target or a CVS or a Walmart or Walgreens, whatever it may be, are typically lower income, racially diverse and immigrant populations. It's really impacting folks in a, in a negative way. We've taken a different approach in Georgia. We're not going to look the other way. We haven't provided, you know, a, a floor for how much you can steal before law enforcement's going to get involved. We enforce the law. In fact, I mean, it's the legislature's job. They pass the laws. We enforce them. But I think from a policy perspective, you know, the Constitution in the state of Georgia, Article 1, Section 1, Paragraph 2, right up there at the front, says it's the paramount duty of government to protect person and property. Paramount. That's it. That's what we're supposed to do. 
We're supposed to take care of folks and protect them. Uh, and so I think, again, it, whether it, it, violent crime is occurring, you are seeing, again, it, companies that you have to be able to make a profit. Profit's not a bad word in the state of Georgia. You have to be able to do this. And if companies are not are going to take continued losses due to organized retail crime, this is what's going to happen. We've taken a different approach. We now have a gang unit, a gang prosecution unit in this state that, yes, goes after kind of the violent criminals and, you know, kind of national, transnational uh, neighborhood gangs, but it also allows us to go after organized groups that are targeting retail uh, in a very sophisticated way. And we're actually uh, going to enhance, hopefully, our ability to go after those types of criminals because we've asked the legislature and the governor for increased resources so that we can have a uh, organized retail crime and cyber crimes unit. You mentioned multiple branches of government. This seems to be an issue where it's all hands on deck if you're going to combat organized retail crime effectively. I know back in October, your office hosted law enforcement and major retail partners for a working group to share some of those things that you're doing to address ORC. Just tell us a little bit about your approach as far as collaboration. Why is it so important for public and private sectors to work together? And what are the successful strategies that you've come up with and implemented from that? It's important to have the private sector at the table because we've got to know what solutions actually are going to work. We need to know how what how the problem, you know, on the ground, practically speaking, what is happening? What are you seeing in, at, from the store level? What are you seeing online? You know, and again, it used to be you had to go to a pawn shop. Now you can go online uh, and, and, and sell on any number of, of marketplace platforms. And again, I, I, I have we've actually we've tried to bring in. Uh, the online folks. We've tried to bring in law enforcement. We try to bring in brick and mortar. And as we've done on many other issues, build an infrastructure of communication to actually solve the problem. Again, that may be law enforcement. It may be prosecution. It may be legislation. It may be communication. And we've got a great group, uh, you know, here in the state that, that have, have been organized for a while. Again, I think we, from our perspective, our organized retail crime task force try to bring the experts to the table so that we can solve the problem. If we need to enhance legislation, let's do it. If we need to bring more resources, and our goal at the state level is not to take away from anybody, it's to be a force multiplier with federal and local law enforcement and prosecutors to get the job done and protect businesses and protect the citizens of our state. General, we often hear that, that retail crime is a, is a victimless crime, right? Uh, but, but we understand that organized retail crime is often linked to other criminal operations. You've got gang activity, human trafficking, money laundering, all these things. How is law enforcement addressing these interconnected issues? Well, I, you know, I laugh when they say it's a victimless crime. Ask the business owner that's invested his or her life savings and are hiring people or have folks that are uh, are in the line of, of fire, so to speak, and they're getting knocked down and you're seeing all these videos as well. Uh, it, it's not a, it's not a victimless crime at, uh, at all. And, and again, I, you know, I, I think that, uh, you know, you have to be able to put these resources together. You've got to be able to address it, uh, you know, and do it in a comprehensive way. I ask again the question I kind of got off because I got fired up about this victimless crime thing that I've, I've gotten off of the question. The, the question specifically is, as it relates to the broader criminal element, gang activity, human trafficking, money laundering, is law enforcement addressing how they're interconnected, how they all play together? Yeah, and they are, and, and it's so true. I mean, it does, unfortunately, organized retail crime is funding all of the things that you've just said. You know, and, and, and this is where I think it makes sense to have layers in law enforcement. Again, everybody's got limited resources. Everybody's 
always got budget challenges. But if we're communicating and we're talking and we're educating on why this matters for local police departments or sheriff's departments to be able to work with us, to be able to work with the feds, because it's funding human trafficking, because it's funding drug trafficking or guns or whatever it may be, more education matters. But also, and th this is where I think it makes sense for our in, in our state and generally speaking for AGs. And you've seen AGs like Ashley Moody and you've seen Kwame Raul and Illinois and New Mexico and others where they've they've kind of centralized it. But again, organized most of the time, these organized retail crime uh, syndicates, they don't care what the city or the county line is. They're operating in multiple cities, multiple counties. I had one big box retailer show us where a group was hitting all the stores coming down I-75 out of Northwest Georgia, over 285, which is our perimeter ring, up I-85 into Northeast Georgia and into South Carolina. Well, again, that makes more sense from a judicial economy standpoint, from a logistics standpoint, from a communication standpoint, to have one centralized group that's working with everybody, not taken away from, but adding value too. So that's why I think it makes sense. But training, again, with law enforcement matters. Uh, and that's where I think offices like ours can make a difference. Yeah. You talk about training and coordination, bringing everyone to the table. I wonder if there's anything that you would want to share with us, like specifically to say, one thing we found that's really effective for us is to do X, to go fight it, that, that beyond just sort of, hey, we're all working together and we're taking a hard line. Is there anything that you've, you've come across so far, an idea that you're even putting in place in the near future to say this is a specific thing that, boy, we should really highlight this and other states should look at what we're Well, I think one is having dedicated resources from a prosecutorial standpoint. One of the things I've seen is, you know, the loss prevention folks, particularly the big box retailers, have done a great job packaging these cases. They just need a partner that you know, will, they're willing to work with. And, and in Georgia, district attorneys are the tip of the spear on most felonies and misdemeanors. We're asking them, though, to really be at the front of violent crime. And again, they're, they're doing the best job they possibly can. There's a little bit of a financial element to this as well. So again, I think this is where we can come in with dedicated prosecutors, dedicated resources. And then uh, from the communications piece, which I sound like a broken record, having that uh, known uh, contact in law enforcement and at the loss prevention folks in the retail space matters so that it's not constantly changing. You're not trying to figure out who am I supposed to go to? Who do I work with? You know, bring somebody new up to speed. Having those dedicated resources, resources I think, really matter. And again, and having this conversation between big box retailers and online marketplaces is critically important. Everybody has a role to play. I think we can all say nobody really wants to sell stolen goods, fraudulent goods, anything along those lines. We have the Inform Act in Georgia that's now helping us do that. But it is a challenge. There's no doubt. I acknowledge that it's a big challenge when you're an online marketplace trying to you know, make sure you're identifying the right folks, that they actually are who they are. They're legitimate sellers. It can be a challenge there. But if you have communication between retailers and online marketplaces, they know who to talk with. That's going to be, make a big difference as well. General, tell us a little bit about your leadership role at the AGA in regard to organized retail crime. And specifically, what are you hoping to accomplish with the AGA? Well, I'm, I'm honored to be able to, one, I can't thank AGA enough for making organized retail crime an issue. It is. Again, we've talked about it. It's both violent crime and it's a huge economic issue. I'm proud to work with Attorney General Kwame Raul from Illinois. Uh, he's a Democrat. I'm a Republican. This shouldn't be a political issue. This is literally, as I mentioned at the beginning, this is about what government's supposed to do is keep people safe, folks that are doing it the right way and the citizens of our state. 
And again, it's not just a, an issue unique to any one city or any one state. This is an issue uh, that retailers are facing all across the country. So best practices, having a platform to bring not just AGs together, but to bring our private sector partners together. Again, we need to know what's happening on the ground. We need to know what companies are doing to solve this problem so that we can marry up the right resources and the right uh, uh, personnel to make sure that we're addressing the problem in a very consequential way that matters uh, to business and to our states. The one group we maybe haven't highlighted yet, uh, General, is the general public. And I'm wondering what do you want the general public to know about uh, organized retail crime and how do you want them to either be part of the solution or just sort of stay out of the way? What, what's your advice for the general public? But no, that's, that's a great point. And I think, look, from a public policy perspective, you know, we're, we're concerned about the safety of our citizens and our the employees that we have in, uh, in these retail spaces. Again, so we got to be concerned. And I think training and awareness is a critically important piece. Uh, again, from our state's perspective, I think we uh, lessen the impact of violent crime when folks know if you come to Georgia to do this, we are going after you. We will prosecute you. We will hold you accountable. I think that that makes a big difference. You know, when as it relates to, you know, uh, having our citizens being taken advantage of buying potentially stolen goods or counterfeit goods or whatever it may be. I mentioned the Inform Act that we have in our state. We have a role to play to make sure that that online marketplace folks are have the proper uh, identification and, and, and making sure that we know who folks are, that they are who they, they say they are. I would encourage folks in Georgia in particular, we have a hotline. If you feel like you have been taken advantage of, if you feel like uh, a seller isn't who they are or the goods aren't what they uh, advertise to be, reach out to our office at consumer.ga.gov. That's consumer.ga.gov or call us at 404 404- Six five one eight six zero zero. So again, this is it is an all-in issue, and the and the public plays a role as well. Get us the information so we can hold people accountable. A big sincere thank you. You had mentioned your paramount goal is keeping us safe, right? And and, and your fight in in really working against organized retail crime, it's protecting our families and our communities. We thank you for your efforts, and we thank you today for joining. Thanks, guys. Appreciate what y'all are doing as well. Thank you. All right, that's it for this episode of Retail's Most Wanted. Thanks to our presenting sponsors, LVT and the Attorney General Alliance. And don't forget to hit that subscribe or follow button so you can catch each episode of Retail's Most Wanted. We're going to drop a new one about every two weeks. We're also on Twitter and LinkedIn and on YouTube. Links are in the show notes below. Thanks so much for being with us, everyone, and keep up the good fight.